Good day to you. This is On The Left Side, the alternative football podcast, and I'm Jim. As you probably know, this is the very first OTLS of the Donald Trump era after the orange-faced, comb-over, fluffy, toupee-haired US version of Boris Johnson was sworn in as the 45th President of the United States, replacing Barack Obama. And it's the American public that I feel sorry for. They must feel the same way as Manchester United fans felt when they lost Alex Ferguson and got David Moyes as his replacement. Does anybody in this room really believe that? Still, we've got a show to do. Give me a break. So, what's coming up? We dream of Messi in Manchester. And your sunshine. Find some of football's nice guys and go dogging with the Arsenal. But first, happy birthday to Pep. It's been a mixed week for Pep Guardiola, a battering at Everton, a decent draw against Spurs. So it was nice to see the Blues manager getting a little bit of light relief when I turned to the back pages of the Daily Mail to find out the Manchester City manager celebrated his 46th birthday with a trip to the cinema. Hang on, what? The back page? Like where the sports stuff's supposed to be? Jesus. Sorry, that's pronounced Jesus. Anyway, Pep took his team out to see the brand new flick La La Land for a birthday treat more akin to that of a 12-year-old than a millionaire football manager. I think he missed a trick. There were so many more films more suited to the Manchester City team at the moment than La La Land. Bravo 2-0 would have been a great shout. Or should that have been Bravo 4-0? Or how about A Few Good Men? After all, that features a fantastic defence. They could have learned something. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we do know for sure is they didn't go and watch this blockbuster. In a world of contrasts, we take a deep breath and rise. That sounds bloody good, doesn't it? Exciting! But what is it? The latest Morgan Freeman inspirational movie? In the morning, I like to put titty sprinkles on my pancakes. And when my friends aren't looking, I like to snort them up my nose. An exciting Tom Cruise sci-fi flick. <laughs> <I'm back. laughs> nope, that is how Juventus unveiled their brand new badge design this week. Darkness and light. Power and grace. Head to head. Side by side. We are fearless. Yep, the old lady of football has started to act like most old ladies we know and taken a trip to Tesco for a tin of cat meat before completely forgetting what it left the house for and pissing itself in the middle of the cheese and eggs. And still, that metaphor makes much more sense than any of the metaphors in their promotional video. Mm -hmm. One of the oldest teams in Italian football has decided that it was desperately in need of a rebrand and so it's ditched its historic logo for this weird black and white J thing which is more suited to an X-Factor-esque boy band than a respected football club. This Juve YouTuber, a fella called Macaroni's reaction tells you everything you need to know. No, this has gotta be a joke. <laughs> When I first looked at this logo, I nearly wet myself. Oh my god. There's been a whole load of debate online about what the J symbolises. And I'll tell you what it symbolises. It symbolises a shed load of cash. I've got a few more big letters for you, Juventus. W-T-F. 
Normally, I'd say this is the kind of decision that makes FIFA's recent choices look good. But this week, the world's governing football body has clearly upped its game in the batshit crazy ideas development department. In a one-man attempt to make us miss set platter that little bit more, FIFA's technical director, Marco Van Basten, drank five Jaeger bombs, downed three pints of Stella and had half a bottle of wine before announcing to the world his plans for some tweaks to the beautiful game. These included orange cards for offences that aren't quite yellow cards and aren't quite red cards, introducing hockey-style penalty shootouts where the attacker starts on the halfway line, and best of all, scrapping the offside rule. Because if you play without the offside, you get more possibilities to score a goal. How about now, you crazy Dutch bastard? Well, I guess it worked so far this season at Old Trafford. Sure, if you cut your defender's legs off, you create more possibilities to score. If you make the goals the same size as the East stand, then you'll create more possibilities to score. If you stick Claudio Bravo in goal, you create more possibilities to score. But it doesn't mean it's a good idea. At least he left off the next goal wins if you're more than three down idea. But it's not been a week of solid bad ideas. In amongst the steaming pile of horse deposits was a well-disguised nugget of Frero Rocher that came from the good old FA. The English league body have decided to take a serious look at retrospective punishment for diving and feigning injury in matches, and on the left side says it's about bloody time. The question is, when they say retrospective, exactly how far back are we talking? Weeks? Months? Years? Is Rivaldo going to suddenly get stripped of his World Cup medal after that horrific I've been hit in the face by a ball that actually missed me by four feet play acting in the 2002 World Cup? Or will they go back in time and hammer Ronaldo for, well, pretty much every single game he played in the United shirt? Ronaldo with a theatrical tumble. Are we going to see Howard Webb travelling back through time as some kind of refereeing vigilante? Theorising that he could travel through footballing time, Howard Webb stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. He woke to find himself being blamed for decisions that were not his own, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping that the next leap will be a hugely exaggerated leap, the result of a light brush from a defender in the penalty area. That's an early 90s TV reference, by the way. If you didn't watch Quantum Leap, you probably won't have got it. Never mind. Ziggy? Why haven't I leaped? It's taken a week or so, but with the same predictable regularity as another transfer window comes another round of rumours about the world's greatest footballer, Lionel Messi, coming to the Premier League. Barcelona have said they won't break the bank to keep Messi at the end of his current contract, but considering that he already earns about £35 million a year, I'd say that bank was not only broken, but had been rebuilt and exploded as many times as Sky Sports TV howler monkey Jim White shouts breaking news every day of the transfer window. Also, with the same predictable predictability, the little Argentinian's obvious destination, according to the transfer rumour mill, is troubled Manchester City. With, as Chris from satirical football site Tales from the Top Flight pointed out, Pep making a move straight out of his managerial handbook. 
It's time for one of the greatest coaching minds of this generation to look us in the eye and say, people, this is how I, Joseph Guardiola, will prove to you I am the real deal. What's that, Pep? You'd like to buy Messi from Barcelona, you say? 250 million euros should do it? Genius. Why didn't we think of that? Yeah, forget tactical nuance and man management. Guardiola is apparently doing what everyone does when they're playing football manager and the going gets tough. You spend a load of money on the best player you can afford. I'm sure it's paper talk. I can't really see Messi leaving the club that he's devoted his life to. But let's, for a moment, indulge in fantasy and consider what it would be like if Lionel Messi joined the Premier League. Well, you'd probably see an end to those hilarious messy spotted in a fish and chip shop in Swansea tweets on transfer deadline day, as there would be every chance that he could have popped out for some chips and mushy peas on the Welsh coast, and even more chance that the Daily Mail would then stick that on the back page of their paper with a catchy headline like, Messi has mushies in Swansea. We'd no doubt get every single pundit in the world asking, but can he do it on a rainy night in Stoke? every single time he scores a hat-trick. Even when he's just scored that hat-trick on a rainy night in Leicester. He'd probably end up getting nobbled by Joey Barton and put in plaster for eight weeks. Ronaldo would get signed by Jose Mourinho to keep the balance. And City would be tipped to win everything, including the Grand National. But most inevitably of all, if Messi did sign for Manchester City, the 100% nailed-on thing that would happen is Arsenal fans would demand that Arsene Wenger made a marquee signing. Sign some players, please. Just put the money on the table. Eh? And then they'd end up with Wilfred Bowman. I just bloody love Arsenal fans. Arsenal TV is a guilty pleasure. It could be the greatest YouTube channel of all time. Should we do another one on Arsenal fans? Another? Cool, all right, I've got an idea. If there is one thing topping Arsenal supporters' lists of things that make them irrationally angry right now, it's the ongoing contract saga of Alexis Sanchez. The Chilean forward has seemingly set his sights higher than a regular fourth-place finish and is stalling on signing a new contract with the Gunners, much to the distaste of the Reds' faithful. Arsenal's best player is looking a frustrated figure on the pitch, and with his contract expiring next summer, the will-he-won't-he saga is all anyone at the Emirates is talking about. But Arsene Wenger seems to almost be enjoying it. Without going to Sanchez and Ozil and all of that again, how much? You can, you can. <laughs> I, okay, <laughs> is there an update on those two? No. <laughs> is that Arsene Wenger indulging in some banter? Maybe that's why Ozil wants him to stick around at the end of his contract. He's Quolo on the banter bus. The worry is clearly getting to the fans who have taken matters into their own hands to convince Alexis to stick around for another few years. They want to show that they love his dogs as much as he does. You see, Sanchez is dog crazy. In the same way that David Beckham adorns his boots with his kids' names, Sanchez has the names of his four-legged friends, Atom and Humber, on his boots. Where Paul Pogba uses Instagram to promote his latest Adidas range, Sanchez uses his own personal doggy Instagram account with 13,000 followers a day, where he posts videos like this one spotted by Fox Sports. Gunners midfielder Alexis Sanchez posted this video of his dogs, which, you know, seems sweet at first, but that is because it's muted. If we were allowed to play the song, you would be hearing Please Forgive Me by Brian Adams, which makes everything very, very weird. 
weird. Not to mention he captioned this video with, the only flaw in dogs is that they rely on human beings. Sanchez, what the heck did you do to those dogs? He even used his first ever Arsenal post-match interview to talk about his mutts. Two goals, a great day for the team. Oh, thank you so much. Eh? So happy for, for, for two goals, eh? but eh, so happy I go to have my home with my dog. So, how are fans going to use this to convince him to stay in North London? With a giant dog banner, of course. When Arsenal played Burnley on Sunday, a glance to the stands would have seen the perfect example of money well spent. A six metre long banner with a picture of Alexis and his doggy mates, accompanied by the words, good boys. Forget massive wage packets and moves to China. That's what footballers really want. A massive banner in honour of their family pets. Well, that's it. He is definitely staying now. Brilliant. Maybe Arsenal need to follow suit and get a pet supplier or a dog food manufacturer to sponsor them next season. Although win a lot would be a very inappropriate sponsor for the Gunners. And finally, it's good to know that with a whole load of footballers behaving like absolute bags at the moment, that there's still some good guys in the game. Whilst Payet refuses to even consider playing football for his employers and Costa would rather sit alone in Stamford Bridge than drive up the M1 to Leicester, it seems that others are doubling their efforts to present the decent, honest side of football. As you'd expect, Jurgen Klopp was leading the pack when it came to just being a decent human being, when he was surprised with a giant gangsters pasty after Liverpool's FA Cup game with Plymouth Argyle. Uh, something to take back on the bus. Unfortunately, I don't eat carbohydrates. <laughs> Thank, you very Thank you very much. much. See you. We all recognise that one, don't we? The awkward, I'm not really sure what to make of this Christmas gift, but thank you anyway, auntie. Oh, novelty socks. I mean, thanks, really. I mean, I'm, I'm allergic to wool, but that, that's lovely. But Klopp's attempts at being football's Mr. Nice are shot into the stands like a Wilfred Boney strike. Hello. What do you mean we've already done a Wilfred Boney gag? Fine. All right, who else is shit? Right, okay, let's go again. But Klopp's attempts at being football's Mr. Nice are shot into the stands like a Simeone Zaza strike by Martin Darun. He may be struggling on the pitch with Borough right now, but off the pitch, he is smashing it. The Dutch midfielder received a letter from a local schoolboy this week. And what did he do? Send a letter back? Nope. The other day, I got a letter from Henry. He told me I was his idol. So, as a surprise, I'm going to go to his home and give him a shirt with my name on the back. Yep, he paid him a visit with a signed shirt. Hello. Hello. I'm looking for Henry. <laughs> Who's this? Would you like to come in? Yes, please. It's just, you know, nice. But the gesture that smashes all of those examples to bits is that of Sporting Eon head coach Albalado, who resigned from his position as boss of his hometown club. The likes of Alan Pardew, Sam Allardyce and Louis Van Gaal will all know what leaving a big job mid-contract means. A massive wedge of cash. But Albalado wasn't interested. The manager handed back 
his £3.5 million compensation package, telling the world in a teary press conference, I don't have a problem writing off the money. There are more important things. Loyalty above all. Payet, Costa, you might want to look up that L word in a dictionary because you clearly don't know what it means. And no, the L word I'm thinking of isn't. <laughs> right, that's your lot for this week. Thank you very much for taking the time to download and listen to On the Left Side, the alternative football show. We do appreciate it, and we would love it if you were to show your friends. A bit like Alexis Sanchez does with his dogs, I guess. Right, I'm off house hunting in the Northwest for a small South American gentleman because that's full time. Bye bye. On the Left Side is a Paint Your Headphones production for Abrupt Audio.